0: In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive in God, in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and offer the parts of your body to Him as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall not be your master because you are not under the law, but under grace. As we talk today, we've been going through our kind of visioning series of Reach, Grow, Serve, and what we're about here at the church It is to reach people for Christ, to grow spiritually in our walk with Jesus, and to serve the community for Christ. This is what the three things that we are about. We do this by reaching, hopefully on Sunday morning, and other things that we do out in the um, neighborhood and in the community. We grow in two different ways. <clears throat> we grow with life groups. I'm getting a crazy ringing up here. I don't know if we can do anything about that, because I don't know if you hear it, but I hear it, and I don't need voices in my head, uh, so that'd be great. Um, to grow, um, we have uh, life groups is one of the ways in which we significantly pour a lot of energy into growing together as small uh, community groups and people's homes and that's what life groups are a very powerful way in which we get to do life together that's why they're named life groups it's- catch on that. The second way we do that and grow is called the growth track. And it's something we've just started this fall, but it is an engine in which we take people and try to develop them into fully devoted followers of Christ, introduce them into ways in which they can start the process of deepening their faith and growing in that. It is not the secret pill. It's not a magic wand that says, boom, all of a sudden you're done, you're completed. Uh, but it is something that gets us on the way of that. And today we're going to talk about serving, and we look at serving in two different ways. In Acts chapter six, the apostles are doing uh, the work of the church, and the multitude is being added to the church every single day. Thousands of people are getting saved, and they and they have this food program for all the window, wi- windows, all the widows and orphans. And the apostles are torn between these two things, and they're going, uh, i got a problem here. This is good. This is Jesus' work. This is amazing when, I, when we feed the widows and we offer all these things, but there needs to be another part of me doing the mission that Jesus has called me to, and that's evangelizing. And so there's this, there's this tension of how am I supposed to do both of these things? And this is where there's a division in the church, a good division, of leadership. it's where we get deacons from, or this different kind of uh, governing body in a church, and where the apostles kind of separate from that. The deacons, in the NIV, it calls it waiting on tables. It's so much more than waiting on tables. It is, uh, if you look at the qualifications for deacons in Acts 6, it is uh, a lot more, they have to be full of the Holy Spirit, and, and be wisdom, have wisdom, and all these things. I don't know about you, but my waiters do Don't exhibit that much wisdom uh, in that. I'm like, no, leave the mustard off the burger. Uh, So, you know, exhibit wisdom. They have to have all these different things. So it was this division, and we've kind of set that up here at the church as well. There is a service inside the church or a a deacon-type ministry, and there's service outside the church, which is kind of like the apostle-type ministry. One's not necessarily better than the other. They're just both vital but I've been a part of churches who got really, really, really good at serving inside the church or really, really good at serving outside the church, but it's in tandem. Biblically, in Acts 6, as the church starts, it's got to be in tandem. Does that make sense? So we have avenues in which we are trying to uh, exhibit that here at the church as well. And uh, 401, which is happening this week, it's the dream team. We're changing our our attitude towards uh, people who serve here from volunteers to team members, and there's a big shift in that language. There's a shift in the way in which we think about ourselves and the way in which volunteers kind of plug a hole, right? They're a, a finger plugger. I will do that. I will, I don't want to, but I'll do it, You're right? That's, a, that's when I volunteer for something, it's like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. Uh, being a team member is—I'm a part of something here. I have a vital role, and that is a much healthier way of viewing uh, what we do here at the church, and a much more accurate way in which we want to invite you to be a part of that. So that's the kind of the deacon type ministry. We have all kinds of things uh, for people to get uh, involved in here at the church, and we're also starting. Uh, This process of serving outside the church as well. And this has been going on for a couple months where we're being very diligent in the way we examine uh, social organizations in which we say, can they do this, this, and this? We have criteria. Can they handle 30 people at a time coming and volunteering? Is there stuff that we can repeatedly do at that place all throughout the year for years to come? We want to have a li- like long relationships with a few organizations here in the community. And that's actually a lot harder to find than you would think it would be. Um, lots of people are okay with you coming once and helping, and lots of people are okay with maybe one person coming and helping. But if you say, I want to help you all the time with like ten people, they get scared. They you know, ah, I can't handle this. Uh, so it's actually a little bit more... Um, more challenging than than you would think it is. Uh, But that's we're very diligent in trying to pray through that and search out organizations and vet them. Uh, Our serve team that meets once a month uh, regularly meets with people. This week they met with a a nursing home to see if that was going to be a good fit, and it didn't turn out it's probably not going to be a good fit. But that's okay. That's a huge blessing. It'd be better to find that out now than three months from now going, and that didn't work. <laughs> so let's, let's, let's do that now. Um, but there's other organizations in which we're, we're looking at. Um, if you have great ideas for who uh, we could work with in the community, please see Carol back here in the blue shirt. She'd love to talk to you about that. Um, that surf team meeting uh, happens, and they just brainstorm and, and examine different organizations. It's a really neat thing. I went to the last one. Um, And we also have committed to being one of the 10 churches that sponsors Joliet Cares, which um, happens actually in April. And Joliet Cares, what's that, you ask? I'll tell you what it is. Joliet Cares is this really wonderful uh, event that happens uh, in April where churches and people donate uh, things and ways in which they work. Last year, there was a photographer there taking uh, family pictures. And some of the moms were just blown away that this is the first family picture they had been able to have because they were getting offered a free family picture in a frame, and it just meant so much to them. Or uh, hairstylists do hair. Um, I think they had a dentist last year that was doing uh, checkups for kids. They give away clothes and give away food and do all kinds of things where you kind of come into a big parking lot, and they've set up, it's basically a fair of help. And uh, different stations, and so what our church will do is we will be part of gathering resources. We're going to have an undies Sunday. Uh, one of the least donated items is brand new underwear, um, and we all know that's important. It might not be the showiest thing, hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that 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 makes your day better or not? I'm telling you. Um, so we'll uh, will help support in that and uh, and some other ways. Ha <laughs> See, there's a pun there. I didn't even mean it. Um, got real spiritual there for a second, didn't I? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, and we'll also uh, be what basically tour guides. Uh, we will get to uh, uh, help a family around uh, the uh, facility. And uh, <clears throat> Carol and Melissa King were telling me about their uh, wonderful... Experiences last year, guiding people around, just how they were, uh, they were so blessed in helping these families around. They only get to, they get that really inundate and get to know the kids and uh, for, you know, just an hour, hour and a half, however long it takes around there, you just invest in that family. And what a neat way to um, start giving back into this, and um, in this community and actually uh, touching the least of these. So uh, that is one way in which we'll be getting there. There's going to be a, all kinds of different opportunities, we're still gathering and information gathering and making sure that we are uh, connecting in the right places. So um, <clears throat> that's how our serve is organized. Now, what does it mean for you and why should I even serve? That's what I want to spend the rest of the time talking about, really getting into the nitty-gritty of what does this matter for me. I read uh, Romans 6 here um, about the body because I really want to frame this whole conversation in Romans 12, uh, 4 through 8, where... We'll bring it up on the screen, guys. I'm jumping all over my notes. The Lord just kind of told me to rewrite my message about three minutes ago, so I apologize for that. Not really. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have all the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, each member belongs to all others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance to your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouragement, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is lead, then do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. I like this because it kind of juxtaposes the two. Do not give your body over to its sinful nature. Do not continue to sin with your body. But then... A couple chapters later, six chapters later, he's talking about be a part of the body of Christ. He's using this reoccurring metaphor is do not let your body be an instrument of sin, but let it be an instrument of the body of Christ. As we reclaim who we are, we get to be useful. Because a body used for sin is used for tearing down, is used for Bad things by the nature of sin, and so often we let our body and our sinful desires control who we are and what we do. If we will look at our mouths and what it's spoken this week, how often was it tearing down or talking bad about someone? But if we're using our mouths for the glory of the kingdom in the body of Christ, it will always be used to build up and to speak life into. Do you see the difference? He's using this metaphor back and forth to say, okay, if your body is given over to sin, it's tearing down things. It is like a cancer. If it is part of the body of Christ, it is an agent in which Jesus changes the world. I want to be part of that one. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And that's what serving actually is. Until you start actively participating in the faith, you are not experiencing everything it has to offer. Until you start actively participating in the faith, you are not experiencing everything it has to offer. This is the main thought of today. Because I was, I've been thinking about, and there's been a lot of things going on in my life uh, this past week, that this has really been shown to me. I want to, and as I talk about serving, it's not because the church desperately needs more volunteers. It wants to equip team members, and equip. That's my job title. Okay, it's in there in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter four. So Christ gave himself, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip the people for works of service. What's my job? Equip people. His people. For works of service, not Jared's people, his people for works of service. Pretty you know, easy to know what I'm supposed to do. Really kind of hard to do it, but that's a whole other story. To equip his people for works of service so that they, the body of Christ, may be built up. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So how do we participate in that? How do we jump into that? But until we participate in it, until you start actively participating in the faith, you are not experiencing everything it has to offer. Have you ever been whitewater rafting? Anybody ever been whitewater rafting? Yeah. It's fun, isn't it? Where do you go around here? I don't know. This is active participation, really. Wisconsin? Colorado. People are like, nah, we fly. <laughs> we fly. We, we go. All right, cool. Great. Colorado. Wonderful. Um, down in, in Georgia... On the Georgia-Tennessee line, sounds like a song, Uh, but uh, on the Georgia-Tennessee line, where the 1996 Olympics were, where the kayaking and all those things were, the Olympic course is still there, and it is a beautiful area, Copper Hill, Tennessee. Um, and so I took my students is about two hours away from where we lived in Atlanta. And every year for the last six or seven years, we went whitewater rafting on this river and it's class four and five and some crazy stuff. And it's good times had by all, um, and that's a unique process. And if you guys have been whitewater rafting, you know it's a unique process because you do not know what's going to happen until you're in the water. And then, depending on how much water is in the river, you don't know what's going to happen either. You can go every day after day, but if it rained last night, we It's going to be a little different. And if it hasn't rained for a month, it's also different. And as I was thinking about whitewater rafting, I thought about how that whole process goes. You get in a bus, and you go to where the drop-off point is going to be. And you get your boat out, and your guide's yelling at you to do things, and they sit you in the gravel. And you all take your places on your boats. And he starts going, all right, now I need you to listen to what I'm going to say. We're going to do these things. You're the right side. Everybody hold up your right hand. Which one's the right side? You guys. Kelly, always confused on this, but that's okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> it's a real reason she became a kindergarten teacher to finally learn whether right and left were. <laughs> <laughs> to t- getting directions, mm, bad stuff. Turn right, are you sure? Get left, right, no, left. Mm. Marriage counseling for that. That's okay. <laughs> on the right side, front two, and you take two strokes on the right side. And then inevitably, some 13 year old girl's like, oh, no, you're on the left side, sweetheart. Oh, don't do it. you got to listen to what I'm saying. You've got to do only what I tell you to do. Everybody forward. Stop. Paddle's up. No, don't. You know, put your hand there because you're going to knock somebody's teeth out. That's a big thing. Do not move your hand here because you will get whacked in the head. Uh, somebody over here is going, uh-huh, that was me right there. The black guy. Um, but so you'd always put your hand on the top of it. And you go through this half an hour of instruction. And you're getting hot and you're like, come on, get in the water, get in the water. I, I'm an expert now. I know exactly what's going to happen. And then you walk down to where the river's, and the kids are like, "Mm, okay, I don't want to go. And and you start thinking about it, and that whole half an hour of hanging out in the parking lot means absolutely nothing, because you were faced with death, (laughs) or that's how it feels. And so I don't know if this was, I didn't think about this until this morning when I was going over my message. I don't know if this was a trick of the guy to make you pay attention or if it actually was. I'm gonna to have to like ask somebody that knows. That he was like, Okay, the most dangerous rapid is the very first one that we're gonna go through. I started thinking about it, I was like, that's a pretty nice trick right there. But he's like, If you guys don't, we're gonna flip. And then you guys are all gonna go swimming, and I don't know if I can get the boat back and we're gonna to go to the rest of the river in there, and you better put your feet up and because you're gonna get whacked and things. And we're like, Yes sir we'll do whatever you tell you to do. So we get in there and people are shaking and scared and you get in the river and you start going and paying attention. No, no, no. You got to do what I tell you to do. Sir. You're shaking. You're cold. One time I fell out. I fell out of the, the boat and they tell you the proper technique of this. Kelly's sitting next to me. Now I'm a larger individual. My wife is not a large individual and I fell out and I'm a really good swimmer. Being in the river, really not that big of a... It's It was silly how I fell out. I don't know really what happened. But I fell out, and you're not supposed to stand up, but I knew because the rocks were on my rear that I was only in six inches of water. My wife, on the other hand, thought I was going to drown. (laughs) So I'm in the process of standing up, and she grabs my collar, rips me in the boat. (laughs) We almost flip it the other way because she pulled so hard. And I was like, okay, (laughs) and the guy's dying in the back. But anyway... That has no purpose in the way, my story, what it has been for a serving. But I thought you needed to know. Um, anyway, we're going down the river, and there's different rapids. And if you pay attention more to your guide, you get to have more fun. If he starts to trust you, he'll turn the boat around, and you'll go down it backwards. That's real exciting. right? And he'll say, oh, let's do this. Okay, now let's spin it. Oh, if we do here, we'll sit on this rapid, and you just... Somehow the current just makes you sit in one spot and you vibrate back and forth, and it's really, really fun. Okay, let's go right, left. And you just, the more in tune with your guide you get, and the faster that river's going, the more fun you get to have. As I was thinking about whitewater rafting, I was thinking about jumping in the river is like being the, the river running is the mission of God. It's constantly going, whether we're a part of it or not. He's going to do Him all the time. But we get the opportunity to be part in a boat and going with Him. That might be scary, and it might be uh, exciting. But he gives us, hopefully, experienced guides that can get us through the rapids. And that's our our team leaders, and hopefully me, getting us through and navigating these rivers as we serve. See, folks, when I was in the parking lot, I thought I was an expert. But as soon as I hit that water, I realized I knew nothing. And I feel like sometimes in our Christian life, we stay in the parking lot. We read all the books. We can watch all the shows. I watched Deliverance. I knew how to be a whitewater rafter, right? Doesn't work. We think we know. You don't know until you actually do it. And that's what serving is. Is being a part of the body of Christ. Oh, another story to explain this. This week, I decided to refinish my kitchen table. I did. Paul's like, what? You're crazy. Um, I decided to, I don't know anything about refinishing a table. (laughs) Nothing. Well, now I know a lot more. (laughs) Let's just say I did not know the difference between 100 grit and or 80 grit, 120, and 220 grit before I started. And all the men that know the difference are like, oh, Lord, this is bad. <laughs> and it was, oh, Lord, this is bad for a second. But it was my kitchen table. It's the first thing I've ever refinished, ever. I've watched a lot of like, you know, man caves and uh, DIY stuff. Like, oh, I can figure this out. This make it look so easy. I, I read a blog, you know, I watched a video on my phone. I have a little handyman app. It tells you the uh, handyman app of the day or the uh, tip of the day. It's like, hey, don't do this. Oh, really? You know, change your air filters. I'm supposed to do that, Paul. I didn't know that. Okay, but it's handy because it's a handy app is what it says. Um, And you look at it and it's like, oh, okay. So I've done some studying and some research on how to finish this over. There's a funny thing about your kitchen table. It's important to the way your life works. Right? It's a pretty integral part of life, especially when you eat like I do. And there's probably some smaller pieces of furniture I could have started with. Or maybe just a board. (laughs) So, I had a lot to learn this week. (laughs) I kid you not, I was bored with the football games and all of a sudden Kelly's like, what does that sound? Jimmy's passed out on the couch and, I, uh, and I'm just sanding away like, oh, that's with the grain. I think that's what I heard that one where with the grain, okay, with the grain, that's all I had going for me. I messed up so much, like I just destroyed things, just was using the wrong tools, was like nothing the polyurethane wasn't coming off. I'm like, what is going on? I got stuff everywhere. I got, then I started using chemicals and I used the chemicals with flip-flops on See, th- some of you are going, is he making this up? I cannot make that up. <laughs> I sprayed this, the, the industrial strength stripper stuff that you're supposed to have a mask on and gloves on. I was like, huh, I'm excited. Let's do this. And so I spray it all down, and I get all the gunk off, and I'm just throwing it on the ground. Well, one of those throws went bloop right there. on. Uh, I actually laid cardboard out so it wasn't on my cement floor. I thought about that part. And i like, oh, no, that's going to stink. And so I wiped it off, didn't think about it. About 3 o'clock in the morning, I wake up to the worst case of athlete's feet I've ever had in my life. What had happened was <laughs> my foot was on fire with a chemical burn, um, and that was exciting. So note to self, always wear shoes when stripping a table. Maybe I was the only one in the, in the church that needed to know that today, but I did. I learned something. I learned things. I learned uh, I may, sometimes by... Uh, by mistakes, but I learned it. I learned how to use the different sandpapers. I learned that 220 is going to take forever to get through this stuff. But if I slap 80 on there, whee, we're moving. All right. I learned all kinds of things about how to refinish this table. And then, and that was the easy part. And then we got to staining. Well, you can watch someone use a sand, a, a, a sander. You can watch it. But until, or you can watch somebody sand or stain and they make it look real easy. They're just like dumping the can down. Oh, and it looks perfect. Three seconds later, that's on TV. They actually had to build a whole nother one because they screwed the first one up, but then, you know, they get that luxury. And so I'm, I'm, I'm nervous staining. And so I stain, I'd taken the whole thing apart and I had a foot. And so I just did it. I was smart. I didn't start with the tabletop. I started with the foot. I did it. And I was like, Oh, that's pretty. And so I, we let it dry and everything. And I brought it in, and Kelly's I'm like, what do you think? And Kelly's like, that's nice, honey. Like, okay. All right, babe. And I'm like, why is she not excited? And I turned it over because I did not sand the bottom of this piece. It was exactly the same color that it was before I started all the work. And I thought, ah, that could be why she's not happy. Um, and so I, I learned that, you know, I need to change that. So then I went and bought all kinds of different stains. And I stained different areas and picked the one I wanted because I didn't have an extra piece of this wood anywhere else. And so then I had to retake it all off. And I learned all kinds of things about restaining a stinking table. And so uh, today I have to do the polyurethane test. So uh, if anybody has some great uh, tips for that, it'd be awesome. I'm a little nervous about that as well, but it's coming out great. But I learned all these different things about it. I I, I went through all these hurdles. A couple things, why I tell you this story, because you're going, this has nothing to do with me, Jared. It does. Our table is the most important piece of furniture in our house. It is where our family comes together. It is where our family does life together. It is where I've done my homework since I was five years old. I wrote, I did my math homework as a second grader. I wrote master's theses on that paper, uh, on that paper, on that table. That, that has been a part of my life since I was five years old. It is important to us. I know it shouldn't have been the first thing I tried, but it's important. By being thrown into something I didn't think I could handle, I grew a lot more. If I would have started with something this size or smaller, eh, it was in my control. Something that wouldn't have been valuable to me, eh, who cares? When we serve, if we jump into something we truly care about, we'll give it our best effort. And yeah, we might mess up along the way, but we're giving it everything we have. Second thing, my table really wasn't that bad of shape. It really wasn't. It didn't go with the rest of the house anymore. It was a 1985 table. And that's and it looked like it. It wasn't in the worst shape in the world. But it wasn't... It was a tablecloth table. You know what I'm saying? It works. Nothing's broken. But you always put a tablecloth on it. Because it doesn't go with anything else in the house anymore. It needed new life. And for some of us going through the faith. And, and we kind of like... Eh. We're stuck somewhere, and we need new life in our faith. I think by serving, it, it offers the avenue in breathing new life into our faith, just as this table is going to breathe new life into our dining room. Third thing is my son participated in the process. He sat there and got sawdust all over him. Now, I didn't let him have a, a, a sander. That would have been exciting. Um, yeah. Look at the car, Daddy. I'm, I'm cleaning. Um, but he sat there and he played next to me as I did it. And that was a really that was a neat kind of moment. But I, what was not lost on me is your kids need to see you serving. And serve in some capacities alongside you. Because they see, well, Daddy does it. Well, Mommy does it. This is how they express their faith. And I want to do it alongside. We had a really neat opportunity this week for our student ministry to go sleep overnight in a box. That's kind of weird, isn't it? But it was all about homeless uh, awareness and took our kids through uh, all kinds of uh, stories and whatnot of what goes on here in Juliet, and what it's like to be homeless and sleep outside under the stars. And we had parents participate in that with their kids. How neat is that? The parents are participating in faith issues with their kids. I thought that was wonderful. Now, you know, Tina got to take some fun, uh, fun pictures and apparently saw or heard some mice throughout the night. But that's okay. That's why moms go to flip out over stuff their kids will never know about. <clears throat> but my son participated in it. And your kids can participate and watch you serve as well. The other thing is I can't get a new kitchen table without taking the risk of failing, I can't get something without taking the risk of failing. I'll tell you about one of the times I utterly failed in volunteering and serving at a church. It was a church I used to work at. I, I was a volunteer there for a while, for a year before I was on staff there. And uh, I have a kind of interesting personality sometimes, and they thought I'd be great for video announcements to be to do. Hey guys, welcome! To, I don't know why they would have thought that I would could do that. So. Um, They signed me up to do that. I go into the office to do video announcements. I'm all excited. This church is, you know, they they believe in me. They can do this. This is important. This is a Sunday morning thing. Let's go do this. And so I go, and I I did it, and it was so bad that they played it during the 9 o'clock service, and the senior pastor went back and said, do not show that the second service. I will do announcements. I will do announcements so bad. I was like, they hate me. I'm going, I, I'm ne- oh, they. I, I need to go to a different church now. Like, I was just so embarrassed. I had failed utterly. So note to self, do not do video announcements. Jared Hauser, okay. There are plenty of other things I can do. Yes. But without taking the risk, I never knew that I couldn't do video announcements before that day. How, how, what other things can we take a risk at? And it'd be, you know, maybe we fail. Maybe we don't fail. But through that process, I started to find the, the areas in which I excelled at. You won't know until you do it. I didn't know anything about staining a table until that brush started hitting the wood. It's a different feeling. We don't know anything sometimes about how God can use us until we let him put in, put in or put in an environment in which God can use us. Kelly's... <clears throat> Usually, she'll get a volunteer or a team member back in the, in the kids' wing, uh, either here or at a different church, and say, I don't know anything about the Bible. Can I teach these kids? She's like, oh, you're perfect. And then three weeks later, I'm learning so much about the Bible. Why? Because I have to teach my kids this stuff, and i got to know it. And then people are coming alive because of uh, teaching these kids and loving on them, and they're learning through the, the stories in which they're teaching the kids. It's fun to be a part of. Uh, one thing about going back to Acts 6. <clears throat> this is the, um, the deacons and apostles switch. The apostles probably were good at getting... Well, actually, they weren't good at it. The whole concept of this is the people are grunt, grumbling. The Greeks and the Jews are mad at each other because they think favoritism is being uh, shown over one or the other and who's getting the food in the food line. It's probably the apostles are so bad at administration... That their gifting is not in that. They're just doing a bad job, right? And so they do it, and they're doing it poorly. But they assign the deacons to do it, and things start getting done better. I thought of this. If you're constantly doing things that you're not supposed to be doing, you cannot get your things done. Often, sometimes we find ourselves, maybe we were a volunteer. Maybe we were plugging that hole. But this is not where I'm supposed to be. This is not what I'm about. This is not how God has wired me. I am a, a, a foot doing a hand's job. A foot can write something, but it's going to be pretty sloppy. If you, in a pinch, you have to do that. Right? I could write with my left hand, maybe, but you don't want me writing with my left hand all the time. If you're constantly doing things that you're not supposed to be doing, you cannot get your things done. Maybe God has uniquely uh, made you and designed you to, to, to explode at something. And we just haven't found it yet. You haven't been there yet. But you're so busy doing the things you're not supposed to be doing, you can't participate in it. Does that make sense? Until you start actively participating in the faith, you're not experiencing everything it has to offer. My dream for you today is that you would just start experiencing and doing it. Whatever that looks like. If it's outside the church, inside the church, doesn't matter to me, but doing something with our faith. It's not like we're earning our salvation. It's because of our salvation in which we do things. It's not earning brownie points for heaven. It is because of all the things that God has done and reclaimed in our life that we get to participate in it out in the world or here in the church. For each of us has one body with many members. These members do not all have the same function. So in Christ we, though many, <clears throat> form one body, and each member belongs to all others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouraging, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. Maybe God is calling you to be part of of this body of Christ. Maybe for far too long, we've been living, letting our sinful nature and our sinful body lead us around. And maybe it's time for you to say, I'm going to become the member of the body that I was designed and called to be. I hope that today you can start to make the choices of coming to the growth track and figuring out how to get plugged in and and figuring out how, how God has uniquely wired you and designed you to, to take those next steps. Because I really, truly believe you, you cannot experience all that God has for you unless you're actively participating in it. Let's pray. God, I ask you to put a burden on our heart <clears throat> to serve. Whether that's in this church, whether it's in our community, whatever it looks like. God, I don't know what it looks like for all these people But I know there's a community that is going to hell. And that we have the responsibility, the gifts, and the talents to do something about it. That you're calling us to greatness. that you're calling us to experience all that you have for us in new and more beautiful ways. Some of them are going to be messy. Some of them are going to fail out. God, I ask you to give us courage and strength to take chances and to take risks for the kingdom of God. Lord, I ask you to place a burden on our heart to serve and to love people as you love them, as you care for them. Lord, that we could find our roles in the body of Christ, that we could find who we are and who we've been designed to be and live it out and live it to its fullest. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.